What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Cases and cases of confidence. Staples can help give you the confidence that your business is ready for the year ahead with all the supplies you need. Like paper. And right now, when you buy a 10-ream case of Staples multipurpose paper, you get one free. So you can be confident you're ready for whatever business comes your way. Buy one case of Staples multipurpose paper, get one free. Now at Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. In store only, limit 10. Valid through 1519. Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends, one of the most informative and entertaining talk radio shows today. From social issues and trending topics to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So join us now for real people, real topics, real talk. birthday song might have been for me. Um, Is it your birthday? birthday. No. <laughs> but, you know, I'm a Taurus. We celebrate all year. We oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Mom, you're right. You know. So you're I thought right. we were going right. to do a re-celebration, whatever. <laughs> I guess not. But, you know what, I want I want to know how is one of my favorite co-hosts, Nate, doing. Are you out of jail this weekend, Nate? Mm. They let me out because I had to go sing at a wedding today. Thank but you, I'm so sleepy. I think I'm gonna go back in tonight <laughs> so I can get me some rest. Are you sleeping? Oh, you sleeping, okay. Nate? Oh, I'm sleepy. Well, well, oh. What was so busy this weekend that made you so tired? Oh Lord. Um, just running around, working hard. I heard you sing today. Oh, yeah, I had to sing at a wedding today. One of my clients. I had to do her makeup and then oh. go sing at a wedding. What did you sing? What did I sing? Oh, John Legend song, <laughs> All of Me. It, is, it sounds like you were very into that, if you had to ask, what did you sing? Yeah. So you sang All of Me. Okay, yeah, I like that song. I like that That's song so, so much. But you know what I really, really, really want to know, and I'm, I'm just going to skip over myself right now. We can come back. To, but I've been getting so many texts, and, you know, a certain person who's on the line who will remain nameless for right now mm. has been kind of ghost for a while. I normally get texts, you know, Nate, me and you comment that usually once we start a comment, a conversation, Alicia, she will carry that conversation for a couple of hours. But, you know, Alicia's been kind of <laughs> short in MIA. Rumor has it they that she's kind of booed up. Is that true? Anything, anything true about that? <laughs> Excuse you. 
So that, that's how we do it now, Will. We just put me on blast while uh, Yeah, yeah, on blast, oh, exactly. Oh, oh, okay, see. Now I'm going to go back to that point about I carry on conversations for hours. See, you tried it, but it's all right. It is so okay. Um, um, You're a talkative person. That's why I love you. <laughs> okay, thank you. You, you redeemed yeah. me. In the words of Sam Cooke. Okay. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> but I know a change going to come. Uh, Nate, so if you like weren't so yes. tired, I would get you to sing that, Nate. I would get you to sing it, but I'm going to give you graces. You tired. You got a boo? You got a boo. <laughs> you know. <laughs> we ain't seen this boo yet, but she's, whoever it is has been occupying oh, a lot of time. Oh, we got to upload pictures of this boo on the website. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's why ain't nobody tell y'all nothing. See, right there. Oh, See, don't worry about you know it. I already, I can, oh. I'm going to have the pictures by the night. Oh, <laughs> See, I, I was, we were down on your end, though. We were down on your end earlier this week. So, you know, you almost could have got some pictures. But oh, I got some. Oh, I got some. Oh, Lord Jesus. I'm going to have to talk to you on the sidebar. Um, <laughs> well, you know, the good part is, Remember, y'all were gonna do your whole love search and dating. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to do that no more. I said, hey, thank you. Won't God do it? Mm. <laughs> yes, he will. Won't he well, we do don't know it? if it was God. Mm. Just because you got somebody, don't mean it's God. That don't mean God had nothing to do with it. Mm. So we don't know what God did yet. The man God said that in church today, didn't he? Yeah, that was true. You know what? Mm. Mate, what's exactly. the night show about? <laughs> what's the night show about? Tonight's show, I tell you, it's going to be a good one. What is tonight's show about, William? <laughs> it's going to be a good one, but you don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. one. T- tonight, I'm going to go ahead and take over. God bless you. Because I don't know anything about this topic, so, you know, this is all new oh, to I me. Oh, I bet you do know something about this topic. <laughs> I'm the one that don't know nothing. If you listened last week, I told you about my story when I was up there in Jamaica. But anywho, who? Yeah. Tonight's show. It's about love of pot, law reform, controversy, consciousness, and consumption. We have author and Canadian cannabis activist, Hey Young Tara Yim, um, announcing the debut of her novel, which is mm-hmm. Epiphanies While High Out of One's Mind. And oh, what that yeah. does is chronicle, I know, it chronicles the journey of a young woman on the path to becoming a quote-unquote stoner. And she wanted to write a book that was accessible and was fun to read, that promoted responsible consumption. And I'm very interested, especially, you know, with the legal reform and everything going on, what right. she has to say. Exactly. Because apparently it's not just about weed. So. It's yeah. not about weed. It's about <laughs> weed and new booze. <laughs> weed and new booze. That's right. That's right. Weed that's, and that's new booze. Those are the discuss, discussion topics for this week. I am walking down the street as we speak looking for my pictures. There got to be a or camera you? somewhere I can download some pictures from. Okay, well, 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 well what pictures you talk about you got? Honey, I, some of these stoplights so these street signs. Somebody oh, got some pictures. <laughs> oh, oh, father. Oh, Lord. You know, I'm trusting Lord to, you know, God can control the camera as well. So what you don't need to see, you will not see. What you need to see, you won't see neither. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Well, we shall see him as he is. Oh, Lord Jesus. You know, I think.
think it's that favorite time of the show where we should go on to some hot topics that have nothing to do with weed or booze. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, so we say. So we say. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, <laughs> so what, what's, what's going on? What are we talking about tonight? You know, this is my favorite getting, part. So what, what are we talking about tonight? Well, actually, the first one made me think of you. And, Uh-oh. yeah, we're going to have to have a little come to Jesus because I'm feeling a certain way. But okay. I want to hear what my, my, my brothers have to say. And y'all better say the right answer. But anywho, for all of y'all Food TV Network lovers, Food TV Network star Gloria De Laurentiis, I think her program mm-hmm. called Cooking with Giada, has That's to it. pay her now ex-husband and fashion designer, Todd Thompson, $9,000 a month for child support, although the couple has joint custody of their daughter. Now they're divorcing after eleven years of marriage. She is worth twenty million. He's worth fifteen million. Um, the ex-husband will also receive fifty percent of yet-to-be-paid advances on her upcoming projects, such as the two point three million dollars for her Giada Feel Good Food and two point five million for Giada at Home and Weeknights with Giada. Now, as far as dividing their joint assets, they're said to be $2 million plus in their bank accounts they have to split. Um, you know, Thompson, the husband, will keep the $3.2 million uh, Pacific <laughs> Palisades home, in addition to $300,000 worth of art and other furnishings. He will maintain his membership to the Bel Air Bay Club. Each will mm-hmm. keep their own Porsche. Delorentis will have exclusive rights to GDL Foods, Inc., as well as her production company, and she has other cookbooks in the works that her ex-husband will have no claim to. Now, here's the thing. One of the reasons they said she has to pay the $9,000 a month in child support and divide these assets is because there was no prenuptial agreement. Mm. Will, I know how you say You remember we had that show. Yeah, so Mm. I was thinking of you. I'm like, okay, let me get what he's saying. The question is, should a woman have to pay child support to her husband? If Absolutely. both are financially, you ain't hear the question, mm-hmm. if both are financially well off and they share joint custody, I'm going to let you go, Mr. Strayhorn. Absolutely. One, because it's your show, and absolutely, two, because period. you already said absolutely. What absolutely, do you mean absolutely? Period. What do because you mean absolutely, we wouldn't, period? We wouldn't even be discussing this if it, if it was him paying her. Oh, yes, hey. we would. You all have been fighting. You want equal rights. You want equal treatment. So this is exactly how you would treat us. Pay him. Period. Okay, Nate, what you say? I'm not. I'm not talking to him no more. Well, I want to know what <laughs> she did. That she got to give all this stuff away. Thank you. She Nate. made more than him, and she didn't. And she didn't have a prenup. She only makes five like million she only more than two dollars more. Do you than have five Thank million? You. Do you have a half a million? No, see, that's not the point. Do you that's have the half point. a million? Five million is a lot. Because you might well straight on. Okay, see, Will, let, let's have a come to Jesus here, okay? Let's have okay, a come let's to come. Jesus. Let, let's, let us come. Let, let's come to Jesus right now. Yeah. You, okay. Well, y'all don't come to me right now. I'm going <laughs> to But I, 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 I'm, I'm really intrigued to know. I, I know it just can't be because she make more. That, that, that it has to be something else to it that she's paying this kind of money up. I just don't understand because my point is, one, we both have joint custody of the child, okay? Yeah. This isn't where I'm the primary custodian or you are, which, you know. Two, 
that's that's why I'm saying there must be something to it. Yeah. Right. We're both because they do both have custody of it. Needs you to pay support to take care of this child. We both individually can take care of our child, and that we have joint custody. So why in the world do I have to give you nine thousand dollars a month? That's a lot. I hope you will end up here with me because, you know, I got here one time because I ain't paid some child support, but mine was only $9.52. But I didn't have it at the time. And I told the judge, I pointed right at him and told I don't have it at this time. And he told me, well, we'll get you in a facility said, well, well, where you can work on Well, hopefully you get out of jail, you'll have it. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know, Will, because, you know, now you got to pay to be in jail. Oh, you're right. Nate said that last week. You're right. Right. So yep. you're racking you up nothing. a bill. You it's got to pay. It's getting tough here. out here. It's getting it tough is. out here. It is. You can't even go get three cots and, you know, get a right. hot and uh, three, you know. Mm-mm. That's so sad. Well, you know what? There's something else in the news, and I have been talking about it with anybody who will listen. Um, oh, you know, this Lord. this chick, Kim Davis, the Kentucky clerk, Did you know, that was jailed her for her refusal. <laughs> this chick, Kim Davis, oh, the Kentucky clerk, that was jailed for her refusal to wear the same-sex couple. It's, it's legal. Uh-huh. Okay. Do you think jail time was appropriate solution, or you know, sh- should some other way have been suggested, or should it have been handled differently? Well, I didn't you know what she did. Right she broke the law. She was she in jail. She broke the law. Kim was in jail, and people was did getting after it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so Kim in jail, you know, she over here. And Kim said she going to stay in jail. Cell, she in cell block B. Hey, Kim, girl. Oh, okay. okay, I'll be right with you. So she in jail, and she told me, she said, Nate, they got married this weekend, but it's not legal. It ain't legal. Oh, because <laughs> oh, she the clerk. She the clerk. So okay. can't nobody they else marry you because the clerk in jail. I say, well, you Kim, do. Lord, you <laughs> don't forget. That without. Don't forget, they said Kim be having Bible study while she's in jail. Oh, that's if good. If you give me a few minutes, I'm going down there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this happened. So what do you all think? What do you think? Do you think it was the appropriate solution or what? No. I mean, she was no just ignorant. No. She, was really, was she was asked to do her job. She was asked. We, we, we didn't care oh, anything oh, about her feelings, her emotions, her religiosity, anything like Ooh. that. The clerk, that I, I, I think they said that she was an elected official, right, in that state that she was yes, elected she to be that. Official. She's elected, so she agreed to do her job, and that was in her job description. Regardless of what church she belonged to, oh, she brought up all that stuff go. with her stringy hair. She brought up all oh. that kind of information. <laughs> So Kim is going to be in jail if I got to go out there and pick it every day to Mrs. make sure she's staying there. Mrs. Strayhorn. And I have some freaking flower mouth, so I'll do it. But exactly. Mrs. Strayhorn. Yes, I'm sorry. Bring it down. It's all right, Blue. It's all right. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. here's what I'm going to say. I'm you know how I feel reason. about that. I know. A voice. So I'm going to be the voice of reason. This, this, A voice. This, go this ahead. Is my, this, is my, this is my thing. Yeah. I do understand people that have religious convictions. Convictions. Gotcha. And I do understand that maybe when Kim took the job, remember, marriage equality, just the law has just been passed. So when you took the job, your understanding was this will never be an issue for me. 
Yep. And then, you know, similar to people here in Virginia. Oh, it's never going to happen in Virginia. This isn't going to be an issue. Booyah. Okay. So now it's an issue. Surprise. Quit. And now you have someone come. Well, that's where I was getting to. You, you, Quit. The, the Burger King hiring is, every day. If you have a conviction, especially spiritual convictions, yeah. they will be tested. So my thing yeah. is, if you feel that strongly about it, I'm not knocking you, Kim, for your feelings. And I believe everybody, wherever you stand, you should take a firm stand for what you believe. But understand, exactly. if the conditions of your job say do this, don't let mm-hmm. them throw you in jail. Just resign. Because right. now that marriage equality do. has changed, and mm-hmm. if people are going to be coming through your job for you to do your job and it applies to everyone, not just the people you want to serve, that means you need to find another line of work or right. you need to resign. It should have never came to jail time. You should have given her the option to resign, or you should have terminated her on the grounds that she is not fulfilling her job obligation. Period. Why are you telling oh, no, that, woman? Then they would have to pay her. They would have to pay her unemployment. She does not deserve. No, I don't. No, if, I don't. If you terminate her, not doing your job. No, just because mm-hmm. you're terminated doesn't mean it's an offense where you're going to get unemployment. Oh, you're right. I remember that. You're right. You're right. right. And that's you're a fireable right. offense. You're not fulfilling the obligations of your job. Your right. duties as a sign. So I don't have to pay you nothing. Well, so I commend Kim for standing up for what she believes in. Even though you commend her? She stood up on her pumps and she said, Give me jail. And hey. they gave it to her. <laughs> You know they gave, I made yeah. sure to it. They gave it right to it, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think, I believe it was, okay, we're going back. I think it was, um, was it Joe Biden? I want to say it was Joe Biden when they were doing the um, debate. And I don't know, it was the first term. I think it was the first term. And I remember him saying, I am a Christian, and they were asking him how he felt about, um, you know, marriage equality and, and all of these standards. He said, I am a Christian, but I do not believe that that should be forced upon other people. And I felt that was one of these situations here. This is your religion. What was his name? I said Joe Biden. Hold on, I'm writing that down because I'm getting all my names now. Joe Biden. Okay, go ahead. You fired. Um, you know, you cannot... You have your religious convictions, and you know we've had this conversation over and over. The life you believe people should live is the life you should present before them, and what you believe is what you should live. Um, You can't make everybody else live the life you believe. And if you have a job that affects other people, you have to make the decision, am I going to take a stand? Which means you're willing to lose your job because this is not, you know, people have different religious convictions that do that all the time. I'm going to step away from my job because I'm just not going to do that. Some things we can mm-hmm. negotiate and say, well, reassign it. You don't have to do that, work in that capacity. Other things, no, sweetie, that's just a part of your job. So if that's how you feel, we don't, you know, condemn you, but you're not going to be able to work here. So right. you shouldn't work there. But to give her jail time and stuff, you put more attention on the issue, and I don't think you need to do that. Just terminate yeah. her, let her resign. You give her a struggle platform. Yeah, right. that's right. Well, I personally really? appreciate seeing her walk in there. And I watch it over and over again. You know what? I'm, I'm going to pray for you, Will. Thank I'm you, thank you, thank you. But you know what yeah. we're going to do? We're going to go ahead and take a commercial break because we have a thank nice you, show Lord. coming up. But I do yes, want to remind our listeners to please call in. 
um, 713-955-0793. Make sure you stay connected. Follow us on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, we're at Let's Face It Radio. Um, Alicia, she does a good job of keeping you guys posted if you follow us on our Facebook page. So um, we're going to come right back um, with our wonderful guest. Phone lines are open, right, Alicia? Yes, they are. They're open? All right, so you go ahead and get to blogging or or tweeting or whatever it is that you do. All right. Oh, no. So you're listening to Let's Face It. We'll be right back. Hey, y'all, Cedric the Entertainer here with Niecy Nash, taking a break from shooting the soul man to introduce you to Patience. Hi. Patience is a patient at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for anything because all a family should worry about is helping their child live. St. Jude won't give up until they end childhood cancer, sickle cell, and other deadly diseases. Because of you, there is St. Jude. Learn more at stjude.org. Have you seen Dr. Roberts about that sore in your mouth? Nah, I'm sure it'll go away. But it's been weeks. It could be oral cancer. Mouth cancer? Yeah. I read that it's more common in African-American men than in any other group. All right, all right. I'll make an appointment. Do you have a tough guy in your house? Make sure he sees a doctor or a dentist if he has a sore in his mouth that lasts more than two weeks. If it is oral cancer, it can be treated more successfully if it's caught early. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. Hi, I'm Layla Ali. I might be undefeated in professional boxing, but there's one problem even I can't fight alone. Childhood hunger. Over 17 million kids in America may not know where their next meal is coming from. That's one in five children. Yet billions of pounds of surplus food produced right here in America just get thrown out every year. That's more than enough to feed every last hungry child. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to hungry kids before it goes to waste. But they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank by going to feedingamerica.org. Together, we can knock out hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. To help solve hunger in your community and to find your local food bank, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Let's Face It. Uh, tonight we have the pleasure of having Miss Hyang Tara Kim, who is the author of Epiphanies Whilst High Out of One's Mind, which chronicles the journey of a young woman who's to become a stoner, but it also promotes responsible marijuana consumption. Uh, so if you will please join me in welcoming Miss Tara Kim to the show. How are you, Tara? I'm doing really well. How are you, Alicia? Pretty good, pretty good. And you know, I was just listening to some of the re- or reading rather some of the reviews of your book. And you know, for some people, this issue, you know, marijuana is not something that you should even consume. It's a taboo subject. And the other people, it's no big deal. It's just a natural herb. 
Uh, so your platform talks about responsible consumption. Uh, could you tell us what does that mean, um, especially when there's so many that feel it should not be legalized at all? Well, cannabis is the most widely used illicit substance in the world, actually. And um, about 40% of North Americans have admitted to experimenting with it. But there's still, it doesn't mean that there aren't risks associated with it. So okay. it's when people experiment it with it and try it, I feel like they should be aware of um, some addendums, if you will, associated uh-huh. with the substance. Like, um, for instance, I mean, like, no one's going to, it's virtually impossible to overdose on it. It's much less harmful than the legal substances, the socially acceptable substances, like alcohol and tobacco. But, again, it does have its own risks. Like, um, this is actually a very common uh, side effect. If you use it more very frequently, like, say, more than five times a week, then it can affect your memory, your working memory, your ability, your ability to learn. So I feel like anybody who decides to do anything, try any substance, whether it's alcohol or cannabis, as long as they're aware of the consequences and then they can handle it accordingly, I feel like that would be the best approach. Now, I want to ask you about something you just said. You said you cannot overdose on marijuana? Yes. It's um, a lot of studies have shown that it's virtually impossible, that it takes. So if, for instance, for with alcohol, it's um, the ratio that it takes to overdose on alcohol compared to the amount it takes to get you intoxicated is 40 to 1. With Whoa. Yeah, I know. It's um, With aspirin, it's 10 to 1. But with marijuana, with cannabis, it's 40,000 to 1. So that's a lot of joints you'd have to smoke to be able to, <laughs> yeah, to, be yeah. able to overdose on it. <laughs> Wow. To the listeners, don't y'all get any idea and have a contest <laughs> to see if this is true. We talk about responsible and, consumption. Yes. Wow. wow. Well, well, Kim, this is Will. How are you? I'm doing really well. How are you, Will? I'm doing really great. Thanks again for coming on the show. Um, we were looking over your bio, and it describes you as a third-wave third feminist and also an advocate <laughs> for drug policy reform and a member of the Canadian Students for Sensible Drug Policy. Well, can you explain what, what all this is and why it's so important to you? Why feminism and marijuana law reform are important to me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've been exposed to cannabis from an early age. And, um, again, in North America, with 40% of people having tried it, it's, um, like, especially in Canada, there's a very lax attitude towards marijuana. Mm-hmm. So, again, from an early age, a lot of people have been experimenting with the substance. And I knew, I learned early on that the stigma attached to marijuana, that it makes you lazy, that it makes you apathetic, that it's a gateway drug leading to hard drugs like heroin and cocaine, I knew all these all these stereotypes weren't true. But once I fell in love with the substance, which was mm-hmm. when I was probably around 20 years old, I started doing some research. 
and learning even more about how about all its medicinal benefits, about its environmental benefits, about its political consequences. This isn't just about the right to get high. This is this has very dire consequences on not just public resources and I suppose in mass incarceration. So I felt like this is a bigger issue than I initially thought, which right. and feminism, I suppose it was kind of entwined because it's through marijuana that I really learned that I am a feminist. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I okay, so cannabis, one of its effects is that mm-hmm. it's, it's funny because it actually used to be used by the former CIA as mm-hmm. a fruit serum in the early uh-huh. 1900s. And, yes, and essentially your your true self really comes out when you're high mm. and in a comfortable position. And um, every time I'd be at a party or just hanging out with friends and we'd be, we'd be high on cannabis... The things that came out of my mouth just predominantly were feminist connotations, which is how I realized one day I was like, I think I might be a feminist. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that so means Kim, I don't need this to smoke Nate. no marijuana around Nate and Will. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Taking notes. You do. No, you I don't. Do. I'm not telling all my story. <laughs> so, Kim, this is Nate. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Nate? Great. So this, I have a, I have a great question because, you know, Bennett, you were saying how, what happens when you smoke around? Um, how do you think the marijuana law reform has affected the consumption and behaviors of others? And do you think it has changed your consumption in any way? No, because again, I've been in Canada. It's still it's still not legal, and um, oh, okay. because in Canada we're much more centralized than the states. So in the states, you have Colorado, you have districts like Washington D.C. and Washington State that are legalizing, but in Canada, it can't. We have provinces, and we can't just enforce different laws. It has to be federally. Accepted. Exactly. So, um, despite its criminal status, it's still vastly popular, and it's never affected my consumption behavior. But um, in general, I feel in the states, and if you look at the statistics, its legalization has had no bearing on consumption behavior. Except, interestingly, mm-hmm. it's actually decreased consumption rates with adolescents. Because I suppose it would remove that whole forbidden fruit factor where exactly. it makes kids want yes. It makes kids want, want to it have more. It more. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Good point. Good observation. Okay. That okay. Do you think there's any other benefits that are offered by legalizing marijuana? Yes, of course. Taxes. Taxes. It just well, yeah. so many public provisions and programs possible. Like, if you look at Colorado and Washington State, they both implemented provisions where, like, amendments where 
marijuana taxes go towards public school construction or towards actually more research regarding cannabis and its effects socially and scientifically. So it's it can only really do well because otherwise you're just kind of funding indirectly criminalized organizations. Hmm. Now, what do you say to those who feel like there's negative effects for this reform? Like, for instance, you know, there's a concern about increased um, possible traffic accidents because just like with alcohol, if, if, you know, consumption is legalized, then people will be driving under the influence of marijuana, causing, you know, greater accidents. That's a very valid concern. And it's something that everyone should be aware about because you, under no circumstances in which you're intoxicated on any substance should you be driving because that's, that's a huge responsibility and lives are involved. But um, cannabis is has been proven to be less harmful to driving than alcohol. But so basically my argument is that if alcohol is more dangerous, to drive while impaired on, and it's still legal, why shouldn't cannabis, as long as we enforce it with ride checks? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't feel that there should be. And, like, again, we educate users. We educate people. Like, you should know you should not be driving while you're high. Right. I feel um, that shouldn't be a factor in determining legalization. But, Kim, don't you feel that when you are high, you're more level-headed and you see the road a little differently? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You drive a little slower and you take in the scenery. Nate, that's why you're in jail right now. (laughs) Nate, I'm not going to lie. I do know some people like you, but um, for myself, first of all, first of all, this is a confession, and please don't make fun of me, but, yeah, I'm 26 years old, and I'm just learning how to drive, so this isn't very relevant to me, but in terms of, if I mean in general, like how I feel when I'm high, no, Nate, for me, again, cannabis is a very subjective experience, and for Uh me, I can't, I can't do anything when I'm high except think about abstract things and um, notice, like, artistic details and come up with creative ideas and have, like, debates and discussions with my close friends about, again, like, abstract philosophical ideas. But if you ask me to do anything, like, I'm very very helpless. Like, I can't, if you ask me to tie my shoelaces, I'd be like, what? Don't wow. make me. <laughs> that is my personal high. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's kind of sad. For some people, so, for some people, my including some of my closest friends, being high for them means just enhancing slightly, almost like a little tingling sensation. But otherwise, they're perfectly competent, which I can't say the same for myself. Okay, I have a question then. I have a question about that because I've never done it. I've never done it. I want to know: okay. Are they like different? What's, how do I put it? Strengths. Not necessarily <laughs> strengths. Like, if I just want to feel this way, do I just take this amount? And if I really want to feel like this way, do uh-huh. I take like that amount? Um. Again, like 
Alicia just mentioned too, there are different strains and they have different effects. So, exactly. for instance, when you say strains, you mean like different, like what, like Canadian weed or African weed? Sorry, here I'll break it down for you. So, the cannabis plant has two dominant, like predominant major strains. So, imagine the species of the plant, and they have two major groups, right? One Mm -hmm. is called sativa, which and it elicits more cerebral effects. So, it makes you think more, and it's like you see something a different way. Like even if you've seen it a thousand times before, if you're high on sativa, you very well, very well may see it as if you're seeing it for the first time. With mm-hmm. indica, the other strain, it's a more, more physical high. So uh, eating that uh. cookie is like way more intense and delicious than it would be without. Uh, and what, what were those names again? Indica? You don't need them. You don't need well, them. Well, Will, you don't ask that. You don't ask for that specifically. You just but find the right I man. Wanna, you find the right weed man. And then the once name? you find the right weed man, then you just purchase one. Yeah. Lord, I don't know. What was the name again? again. Tara. Okay. Lord help me. Tara, what were the two names? What were the two parts again? <laughs> Indica and Sativa. Sativa. And those are African. That's from Africa. Well, Tequila I think it's and Latin. Tequila. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Tequila. Oh. I know people named that, so that's and that's very African. <laughs> I can't with but these two. I, I, I want to ask you. You know, hand. You, you said hand in hand with the legal, legalization of marijuana that you feel that practical and scientific education need to also go. Um, why do you feel that's important? Oh my God! From personal experience, because I have. <laughs> personally suffered so essentially again it's it's virtually impossible to overdose on cannabis but there are certain effects for instance from over consuming like if you exceed your tolerance and again that's very subjective for me it was a single toke as in an like i'll inhale once and i would have been utterly just destroyed and um The term for that, the scientific term, is called dysphoria, where there's nothing really wrong with you, but you feel this intense paranoia and unhappiness. And a lot of people have actually, from consuming too much marijuana, called the ambulance. And all they can do, there's there's nothing the doctors can do for you because you're not going to die. It's it's just essentially just a psychoactive um, effect from having too much weed. So you just need to wait it off. You just need to sit there and wait until it's over. And that's a horrible feeling. When you feel like everything in the world is wrong and you feel like you're dying and the doctors tell you there's nothing you can do but just wait it out. So it would have been nice if I had known about dysphoria as a possible side effect of overconsumption of um, the effects of mixing cannabis with alcohol, which is which can be very unpredictable for new users and um, of its, I suppose, effects on REM sleep. It it reduces the quality of your sleep. I Mm. wish I had known all this before I found it out personally. Mm. It would have have saved me some suffering. I would think Mm. it would make you sleep better. 
it helps you fall thought. asleep like with alcohol. It's the same as alcohol in terms of sleep. Both alcohol huh. and cannabis help you fall asleep, but it reduces the quality of your sleep by reducing your no. REM stages. I know, right? Well, I guess that I have to go back to Ambient. I can't try that as a try meditation. So Kim, Kim, what are some positive effects cannabis have has had on your life? On my life, to be honest, it's had a very profound effect. Again, um, letting me get to know myself more. I'm actually an introvert, which again means that I I'm most comfortable. Um, being by myself, that's how I gain energy, as much as I love people. And uh, one trait, characteristic that I have is that it can take me a while to understand even what I'm feeling, to understand my own feelings on a certain topic. Like, it sometimes it takes time to process, which can be very annoying and frustrating. Mm. And what cannabis does for me is it helps me be more in touch with my thoughts and feelings. It makes me realize faster it's more accessible. So that's that's a very that's a very big pro for my me personally. Any negative effects has happened? Of course. It's it is habitually <laughs> addictive and exactly. again it does have if you'd use it frequently um I've been trying to cut down personally but um before when I before I knew about um, the effects that frequent use has on short-term memory and learning mm-hmm. and working memory and attention skills, um, I was I was using it quite frequently. And the effects, I've always prided myself on having a fantastic, just immaculate memory. And the seeing the effects afterwards, was quite shocking and, to be honest, frightening. Like, I couldn't remember entire conversations and incidents. And, again, usually my memory would be perfect. So that was quite, that was quite um, stirring. Wow. Mm. So it doesn't help your memory and it doesn't help you sleep. So oh. what? Okay. <laughs> but it doesn't mean it's not good for you. <laughs> okay. Nate, <laughs> but you know, Tara, I'm curious. I, I know that um, we're judging by your name, of course, that you're of Asian descent, um, and I'm pretty sure maybe marijuana is viewed differently in that culture than in the U.S. Um, <laughs> what What do your parents feel about your views and your in your family? That's actually very funny. My mother found my my cannabis supply. <laughs> Oh, and she <laughs> was oh, sad, so to speak. And um, she confronted me, and she was so upset. I, I do feel bad oh. that she felt that way. But um, in I'm South Korean, and in South Korea, it's extremely illegal. I believe it's so illegal to the point that the severity of the laws it doesn't. It's 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 completely not worth it to even try to get well. away with it. So no one really uses it in South Korea as far as I'm aware. Um, but so her whole, she accepts the whole stigmatization of cannabis. So she was clearly okay. upset. And I just said to her, Mother, listen, it's much safer, much less harmful than alcohol, and much, like anything, 
is safer than the death sticks that we, you and I call cigarettes. So please <laughs> just essentially relax. And she has, because I could provide with her, like I could provide her so much scientific information, and she is, um, thank God, scientifically minded. So she's kind of accepted it. <laughs> I just don't oh, do okay. it in front of her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that wouldn't be good. But no. I do want to ask you one more question. Um, because, you know, a lot of times when we're talking about, you know, marijuana and the legalization, you know, a lot of times when people were buying marijuana from, um, you know, the dealer or whatever, there's not a guarantee that they haven't laced it with something else. So in your responsible consumption uh, platform, how do you address issues like that? Maybe, you know, for the consumer with the selection of marijuana. Well, first, I think it would be quite rare that somebody would lace cannabis with something else on the streets because, it, again, the other substances would be more expensive. Like, mm. I don't feel like a street dealer would go out of his way to add some more of his, I suppose, product or catalog into into the um, cannabis. But that's also what's so important about legalization the regulation that comes with it. So there are lots of quality testing laboratories in, in Colorado, and mm-hmm. I think that's the point to make sure that the potency is consistent, that it's the chemicals, added, there aren't added chemicals into it, that there's no other drugs laced inside it. Okay. Well, do you have any other information that you would like to share, perhaps, that we failed to ask that you want to, to share on the topic? You seem to have a lot of knowledge about it. Anything else you <laughs> want to it say? It is something that I'm very passionate about. I see. But, I, um, see. <laughs> I suppose not really um, like a scientific addition to it, but just kind of an anecdote. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago when Colorado first legalized cannabis, this New York Times columnist, I don't know if you're familiar with her name, Maureen Dowd, she flew flew to Denver to cover the story and to try for the first time cannabis. She's a very dedicated journalist, she was. And um, so in the safety and comfort of her hotel room, she gets a chocolate bar and she eats it eats more than she should have because there were no labels, and she had no idea. She She's inexperienced. How was she supposed to know? Mm-hmm. And she tripped out for the next, like, eight <laughs> hours. And, okay, so I mentioned wow. earlier that how some people who overconsumed cannabis would think that they're dying, right? The dysphoria? Yeah. Oh, no. Miss Maureen Dow thought that she already died. She already died, and no one had bothered to tell her. That's how, that's how terrible her whole experience was. And wow. I read it. I know it was so sad, but funny. And when I read the article, I was laughing, but at the same time, I felt that I had a kindred spirit because mm-hmm. that's exactly how I felt. And I feel that her story and mine, again, out like it highlights the importance that we need to, new users need to know the practical stuff as well as the scientific so that you can make an mm. informed choice. And if you right. do make that choice, you do it properly. Right, right. Mm. Wow. Awesome. Well, t- 
Tara, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. You have really given us a yeah. lot of information. Um, feel free to come back anytime we have some more information on this topic. Um, we would were, we were greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much and, for having me. And how can our listeners stay in contact with oh, you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So you can – I do have two sites. One is dedicated purely to cannabis and drug policy reform. It's called potsandpros.com. It shares some of my, I suppose, cannabis-induced epiphanies. You can download my book for free, which is an intensely personal memoir of these experiences with marijuana. And the other one is H-T-Y-I-M, as in marijuana.com. And that one shares my feminist and my fiction works as well. Mm. And that was Pot and Prose, P-R-O-S-E, dot com. P-R-O-S-E dot com, yes. Awesome. We will post that um, yes. for our listeners. Exactly. Thank you so exactly. much. You Thank have you. Have a good evening. And good holiday. Have a good night. Thanks, Kim. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. <laughs> that was good. That was stuff that was a I good didn't know. Yeah. You Don't only know it if you get high, Alicia. You have to get oh, okay. high Never to know mind. what she's talking about. <laughs> you know? Well, I guess we better go to a commercial break now. Uh, yeah. We ask our listeners to please call in. Exactly. Write in, text in, um, <laughs> Facebook in. Just give us some contact. We want to hear from you. So we're going to go to commercial, and we'll be right back. Thank you for listening to Let's Face It Radio. I know you don't need one more thing to worry about, but listen. High blood pressure can cause kidney damage, blindness, heart attack, stroke. And you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right. One in seven adults has it, but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked, and you can treat it if it is too high. So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. Hey, America, we need to have a little talk. We've got more food in our country than we know what to do with. Food at the grocery store and food in the vending machines, fast food, health food, and seafood. We've got so much food that anything people don't buy, we just throw out. Yet 17 million kids in America struggle with hunger. That ain't right. Luckily, the Feeding America Nationwide Network of Food Banks as volunteers gathering excess food and getting it to hungry kids. They're kind of like food angels. Yeah, I made that up. It's kind of catchy. Hello, people. This isn't rocket science. We could solve hunger today. To start, become a food angel yourself by supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. That's a website. Duh. We can't do it without your help. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. You're listening to Let's Face It, one of the hottest talk radio shows on the web. Are you looking for more exposure for your brand, product, event, or special story? Let's Face It Radio is the place for you. We're also seeking guest experts specializing in sex and relationships, health and wellness, politics, law, spirituality and religion, just to name a few. Looking for low-cost marketing opportunities? 
will look no further. We offer multiple advertising campaigns via website ads or audio commercial opportunities played live during the show. Visit www.letsfaceitradio.com and complete the appropriate contact form for more information. Welcome back to Let's Face It. This is Alicia Brown. In the past week, the press has been focusing on the Ashley Madison hacking scandal. You have an entire platform that's built around having affairs on your spouse. Um, now I am so excited to introduce Lori Ann Davis, who is a certified relationship expert, who is going to tell us how we can have the secrets to unstoppable relationships. Please help me welcome Lori Davis to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. Um, you know, as I was saying, you know, this Ashley Madison scandal has just went crazy. Um, and, and once again, it's just another media thing that makes people question the security of their relationships. Um, but like I was saying, you wrote a book, Amassing Secrets to Unstoppable Relationships, how to find, keep, and renew love and passion in your life. Um, can you tell us what made you decide to write that book and who that book is written for? Yes, I would love to. I decided to write the book. I have been a counselor for 28 years now, and so I have worked with people, so I have my educational background. But, you know, I really wrote the book because it's based on my own personal journey, through a long-term relationship, and how did I keep love and passion alive all those years? And then, of course, I run into, through my work, single people who are so frustrated and they can't find the right person or they can't keep that relationship. You know, they'll think they have somebody and it falls apart. Or I run into couples and they're just, they're unhappy with each other. And I know that, It doesn't have to be that way. But what's happened, I believe, is that nobody teaches us. You know, we don't go to school. We don't learn it in school. Nobody sits down and says, here's the secret. Here's what you need to do in in order to have healthy, great relationships. We have to sort of pick it up. If we're lucky, we have maybe a good role model. But I think far Mm -hmm. too often that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The other thing I think happens is that we have really, times have changed. You know, in the 60s, the 70s, women's roles changed, relationships changed. So we have this whole generation of people who didn't grow up with a new template for how to have great relationships. And I started looking at all of that, and I was writing blogs, and I just decided one day that I had all this great information, and I'm passionate about what I do. I want everybody to be happy in their relationships. So I decided to start writing a book, and at first I thought, yeah, I can't do this, right? I'm going to write a book. (laughs) But I sat down with a girlfriend of mine who does some copy editing, and I started sending her information. And before long, we had a book that went to a publisher. So Yes. Love it. Hi, this is Will. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, This, your whole platform is a really particular interest to me. I want to know, so what is an unstoppable relationship and and how do you achieve that? An unstoppable relationship is my term that I came up with. It is Mm -hmm. 
you know, in the beginnings of relationships, we have all this chemistry and oh, yeah. we have all this passion going and it feels so great. You know, if we could bottle and market that and sell it legally, yes. that would be, you know, yeah. that would be wonderful. But, and then what happens is after time goes on, relationships kind of, they come down a little bit in that intensity and we start to develop a stronger foundation. We develop a friendship with each other. And and that's great. We're supposed to do that. Unfortunately, what happens is, though, a lot of times either conflict arises and we kind of get stuck in a conflict stage or relationships can get stale. And I believe that a lot of people out there think that's the norm, that that's just what happens in relationships. So an unstoppable relationship is something we can all have and we all deserve. And it means that we've got that base, we've got that friendship, that one person that we can count on that's always there, that knows us better than anybody else, but we add back that love and passion that we had in the beginning. That's the kind of relationship we should all be striving for and working towards, and we can have. But I just don't think that most people even understand that that's a possibility. Oh. So so in seeing all of this, so what are some of the common things that you've seen that many people are doing wrong, you know, for the health of their relationships that make it pretty much a stoppable relationship? Yeah, you know, one of the first things that I think is we do not understand each other. Men and women, I am sure you have noticed, act different, they oh, yes. think different. Oh, they yes, really, <laughs> yeah, They really want and need different things in relationships. And, again, this is something else no one teaches us. No one sits down and says, you know, men and women are different. Let me explain to you how they're different. What do they want? What do they need? And on top of that, why is that difference a good thing? Too often I hear people mm. complaining that their partner is so different, and if they would just be more like me, we'd have a better relationship. It doesn't matter if it's men <laughs> complaining that women are crazy or women saying, you know, men just don't get it. They're clueless, right? But what they don't understand is that it's that difference between men and women that causes that attraction, that causes that spark. You know, if I'm in a group of people, I say to guys, guys, you don't want to date another guy in a dress, do you? You know, you want somebody who's different. You want that that feminine energy, and ladies want that masculine energy. But uh-huh. we don't understand each other enough to make that work. So I think that really is one of the things that causes so much frustration in relationships is that we don't get our partner at all, and we don't even know what to do right, even if we want to please them and we want yeah. to do right. So often what we are trying to do is the wrong thing to do because we're doing what we want, not what they want and need. So then we're actually doing it wrong, and we're frustrated, and we can't figure out why things aren't better. Hmm. So Lori, this is Nate. How are you doing tonight? Hi, I'm great. Good. I'm so glad that you're here because I'm not sure if you listened to the top of the show, but our our host, Alicia, she's beat <laughs> up this month. And so I just want to make sure we get all of the right questions out and the right yes. answers answered for yes. her because we want her to have an unstoppable relationship. Go for and it, so man. my question that I want to ask is why are relationships, romantic relationships, so frustrating? 
and mm. so easy to start but hard to keep. Yes, God. Yes. You know, in the beginning of that relationship, we do. We have help from all that chemistry and all those hormones that are going on. And it's it's a natural reaction. And we also, they cause us to see the good in the other person. They cause us to be happier, to be more accommodating with each other. And so in the beginning it is. It's easier. You know, and then, of course, we're dating. Or, you know, maybe life hasn't thrown in the little curveballs that happen in life. So things might be going along pretty well for us. And it's easy. But eventually a couple of things happen. Eventually something happens in our lives, right? We go through some stressors. So we're not on our best game anymore. And so we're not acting our best. And that can throw a wrench in things. But the other thing that happens is those kind of, I call them rose-colored glasses, come off. Those hormones naturally start to wear off anywhere between six months to two years for people. And all of a sudden, we kind of wake up one day and go, who is this person? You know, I don't like this about him. I don't like that about him. We start to see things different. And it is a normal phase in relationships. And if we know what to do to get past that, again, that's when we can get to that stage where we can get that back. But it does take understanding. We have to learn how men and women communicate different. We have to learn what they want. Women want love and attention. We want to know that you think we are wonderful and that you want us. So we want those small things, and we want that attention often. We want to know that we're important to you. Men, on the other hand, what do men want, guys? I always have to get the men to say it because but it's true though. It's true. In relationships, sex is very important to men. And so that needs to be something that we keep we need to keep that passion alive. But men also they also want respect. They also want to be appreciated for who they are. How many times do women say, you know, he's really great and he's got great potential. And as soon as I, you know, get him to change a few things, everything's going to be great. No. (laughs) Men want to be loved and accepted for who they are. And we have to kind of learn to have that right mindset to do that. Because when we do that as women, when we can accept them and love them and cherish them and, and yes, be passionate with them, they're going to give us that attention that we need. And so we get what we need from them when we learn how to give them what they need. And, of course, it goes both ways. I tell you, Lori, I hope that I hope the women are listening. And if I have to, I will replay what she just said just so that they get it. Look, I think everybody's going to be replaying this episode. It's called a cause and effect. (laughs) Okay, well, while we talk about cause and effect, I have to ask this question. Please do. Uh, What are the critical things? We we know that men and women are not the same. They, They want different things. But what are the critical things that each gender needs to do in order to clearly communicate his or her needs? You know, we communicate very different as men and women. 
women actually solve problems through communication. So we talk a lot more, and we feel connected with each other or our guy when we're talking. So yes. men, you need to you need to give her some of your undivided attention, which means turning off the TV, putting down the cell phone, yes. her in the eye, and actually giving her some attention. And you know, I tell people this. I said. Men, on the other hand, are much, their communication frequently, and again, this is generalities. There's always going to be somebody who's different. But men kind of like the Reader's Digest version of things. They prefer more problem-solving communication. They prefer for it to be shorter. So, you know, how we can work with that is that <laughs> women can understand that. If they need to tell their guys something, give him the Reader's Digest version, and guys oh, give Lord. their attention. Because when you ha- give her your attention, really she's going to feel heard, and then she really will talk less. You know? Yes. Really? Frequently women don't feel will. heard. They go, <laughs> yes, they go on and on and on, right? Listen, Will, listen. It works in other relationships, too. Yes. It doesn't have to be just romance. Listen. It, uh, we it talk does. less. See? Wow. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, I have a question. So the, I have a question. And, uh, and yes, I'm going to relate it to my... Go ahead. Mm-hmm. My question to... I'm going to call it Dr. Lori now. I'm, I'm, we, we're going a little <laughs> step further. Yeah, I'm telling that doctor. My question is, Dr. Lori, now you say listening. Now I'm just oh. trying to figure out what what does that look like? <laughs> to listen to her? Yes. It means that you that really you stop what you're doing. And women really like, if, you're, if you've been apart all day and you've come back home, you know, how long does it take to, you know, come up behind her, give her a hug, give her a kiss if she's at the kitchen cooking, and maybe you cook, but, you know, assuming she is, and just ask her how her day was, and then stand there for five or ten minutes and allow yeah. her to tell you. And then say, if she's had a bad day, Say, you know, wow, sounds like that was a lot of stress for you today. I'm sorry. You can give her a hug and a kiss. That would go a long way, guys, to helping her feel more in the mood later because then she's feeling close to you. So I'd like to like this about how for her how to how to get in the more in the mood later. But but you know, that's a good start. Yeah. So just asking her, or if you know she's going through a tough time, just simply saying to her you know that situation at work that you've been talking about that's really bothering you? Just checking in. How's that going? Mm. Simple asking. It doesn't yes, have to be complicated. Lord. And it, <laughs> that shows that you, you, you listen and you remember. Yes. You're tying yes. dots together. Yes. Holiday. I got yes. that. Ding, ding, and ding. And believe it or not, the, the believe it or not, guys, that's an aphrodisiac to her. See? Really? Yes. Speed up the process. Mm-hmm. Let me write yes. down. <laughs> you can just replay it. You can replay it, Nate. You can replay it. What? <laughs> you know, I have another secret about that too. That you're going to like this one too, because the guys are going to want to tell the ladies this one. Is that Uh-oh. sometimes people feel like their relationship needs to be great in order for them to have enough passion in their relationship. So in my book, I talk about actually sometimes flipping that, and that is that the more passion and intimacy you have in your relationship better your communication is, the closer you feel, because those, what's happened when you're intimate is you have bonding hormones, 
oxytocin is released. That is a bonding hormone. And so that hormone is not just going to be there right after sex. That hormone is still going to be around next day. So when, you know, you're, your partner does something that you're not as crazy about, you're still looking at them with, you know, love in your eyes. So you're going to communicate better. You're going to be closer. Everything in your relationship is going to work better. So really it's kind of like a circle. They all feed each other. And in the book I give lots of ideas about how to address all of these topics in really simple ways, small little simple things that you can do. Because I don't think it has to be complicated I just think we don't know the secret. We don't know the small things to do. So, well, that's a good segue into my question, Jim, because just from a personal aspect, um, and it's funny coming from a guy, but I've been in relationships where I've said that, you know, the relationship was growing stale, or like you said, most couples think that it's normal, that long-term, you know, relationships, Mm -hmm. they fizzle out pretty much. Um, So you said in your book that, um, you know, to discuss renewing love and passion in your life. So what are some of those Mm -hmm. things that you can do to add that spark back into the relationship? You know, one of the things that I like to tell people to do is actually to utilize modern technology. We have these phones that are connected to us 24-7. So let's utilize those. How much time does it take? And either person can do this. In the middle of the day, maybe, to at your lunch break or when you have a moment, to send your partner a text that says, I love you. I can't stop thinking about you. Um, I love you know, that. It can, be that, it can be that simple or it can be flirty. I also encourage people to send flirty texts. You know, and, and that can be whatever you and your partner are comfortable with. It can be something right. as simple as, can't wait to get you into my arms tonight. Or yeah. it could be explicit, you know, yeah. What, whatever is okay for you and your partner. But send those. You do that when you're dating. But then we we stop dating and we quit doing the things that really drew your partner to you in the beginning. So don't ever quit dating. It's actually more important as the relationship okay. goes on than it is even in the beginning. Yeah. So simple things like texting things. Uh, or sending an email or this is another one that I like. We, what do we do in the beginning of our relationships? We hold hands, we kiss, we yes. have physical contact when we are not in the bedroom. Yes. That tends to go by the wayside in relationships. So oh, if you would, in the morning, before you part and go your separate ways, instead of giving each other a quick peck on the cheek, yeah. take, take 10 seconds and give each other a 10-second kiss. What will happen is that actually starts the hormones flowing. So then you're leaving each other going, ooh, hmm, what are you doing tonight? Yeah. Thank you. So little things. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you have confirmed, so I'm doing everything right. That's good. Thank you. You know what? Because I do all of that. I do all of that. No, I do all of that. Good. Good Mm. for you. And snuggling. You know, it's. Sometimes sometimes we don't have energy for, you know, a lot of passion in the evening. But I really would like people to every day, every day, spend some time being intimate. And that could simply be 
that maybe you watch your favorite TV show together, but you do it all snuggled up together. Yeah. You know? That, that would be intimate time. That's going to make you enjoy your partner better. And, you know, if you do that enough, eventually that leads to things moving beyond just snuggling. Yeah, you know, it's kind of, but sometimes people will say, well, I'm too tired. And I'm like, so just hold hands. Just, or maybe say to each other, how about tonight we just kiss for a little while. But that's yeah. it. No other expectations. Right. Well, you know, a lot of times, before long, you're going to go, well, maybe I do have energy. You know, that kissing's really mm-hmm. nice, and now I'm in the mood. Mm-hmm. But if you asked me, was I in the mood to start, I would say no. Right. So there's all sorts of things people can do that don't take a lot that mm-hmm. can really make better relationships. Uh, mm-hmm. But we don't think about it. We don't do it. Right. That's great. Yeah. Any other questions? Excellent. Do you have any questions? I, I do. Um, oh, what can men or women do to be successful with their partner? I'll ask that. Men? What can men yeah. do? Mm-hmm. We've talked about some of them. We've talked about that, you know, listening to her. We've talked about how about, you know, sometimes men will say, my wife is too tired at the end of the day, so she doesn't have time for me. How about maybe either helping her a little bit around the house at the end of the day so you could say to her, I tell you what, I'll do the dishes tonight. You go sit and relax for a few minutes. Yeah. Or how about if I put the kids to bed tonight and why don't you go take a hot shower and relax and mm. meet me in the bedroom, you know, mm. so that we could watch our t- watch a TV show together. Or, you know, some of that just allowing her to sort of have permission to unwind. You know, a secret I'm going to tell you is that men, men know this. Men, you can mention sex, you can mention intimacy, and they go, yep, I'm ready, I'm there, I'm mm-hmm. good. Right. Women, women aren't like that. For women, it does take more time for them sometimes to build up for that. So helping her to sort of have a routine in the evening where she has some time to relax. You know, women get out of touch sometimes with that being feminine, that softer side of themselves. They're mm. wrangling children all day, or maybe they're at a job where, mm. you know, they're, mm. they're doing, that's very masculine things. So then they come home, they kind of forget how to be soft, how to be feminine, how to be in that role with their guy that is going to be that masculine and feminine energy. Mm. And so guys sometimes can help her to do some things or suggest some things that will help her get more in that mood because then she's going to be more relaxed. She's going to feel good. Um, you know, even I was doing a, um, a talk one day and we were asking people's advice about what you could do. And some guy said, you know, sometimes I run my wife a bath and I light some candles. Yes. And I say to her, yes. why don't you go take a hot bath? And, you know, so some of those kinds of things would really help. Men don't Mm -hmm. think of that along the lines of sex. But women see that as sexy. You're caring for her. You're taking care of her. You're doing something to show her that that you understand that she might need some extra help or that she could use some relaxation. That means that I care. Yes, a foot massage, a back massage, you know, telling her, 
telling her how beautiful she looks. Again, those are things we always did when we were dating. But do you still tell her that now? Do you still mm. remind her? Do you, could you send her a text that said, just can't stop thinking about how beautiful you look this morning? Yes. I can <laughs> say it now. I'm well. Oh, Lisa, you make me nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> it's new love, people. I According see, to the expert, we have about six months before everything goes to, you know. Go south. No. You're right. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. No, it could go 30, 40 years and still be that way. Awesome. Okay. Well, but, yeah. but let's say, let's let's say, Lori, let's say you've done everything that you've suggested, um, and you, you've pretty much done everything that you know how to do. When do you know that it's finally time to end the relationship? Hmm. That's a good one. When. I would always suggest that before anybody ends a relationship, because ending a relationship is never easy. It's painful. It's, you know, if, if there's children involved, if there's fi- you know, finances, so there's a lot to it. I would always suggest that you go sit down with a professional first because there is a chance that you've done everything from the way you could look at it, but a professional might be able to help you look at it in a different way. And, you know, I've designed my practice that I will work with, even if both people won't come in, that just working with one person, and I actually wrote the book for the same same reason, that sometimes learning how to be the best partner you can be can really change a relationship. So first of all, I would encourage people to get some help before they made that decision. But sometimes really people are. Either they've they've just grown in different directions and the relationship needs to end, or they really didn't have the same values, the same idea of what a relationship should look like in the beginning. They had chemistry maybe, but they never talked about what are our goals, what did we want in a relationship. So their ideas are too different. You know, if their ideal relationship doesn't look the same. And when that happens, there's going to be continued frustration. And a lot of times that's when people will make a decision that it's time to move on. Because when they talk about what they need, what they want in a relationship, it's very, very different. And so I get clients like that sometimes, and I have to say to them, you're never going to have what you're looking for. So you have two choices. You can end the relationship, or if, you know, maybe you're raising young children and you decide you want to stay together, then we have to talk about what are realistic expectations and quit demanding that the other person change when they're not going to. So... Good you know, point. And then you can make that choice to stay together, but you're not going to be as frustrated. So I would say when you've done everything you can and maybe you've worked with a professional and your idea of what a relationship looks like is different. Or sometimes one person out of the partnership is just done. You know, they have just washed their hands of it and they don't want the relationship anymore. You can't make somebody want to be in a relationship. So if one of the people in that is saying, I'm just done, and, you know, and sometimes they say it by actions, not by words, then it's probably time to end it. And, of course, we have to talk about if there is any abuse going on at all, if there is, you know, emotional, physical, mental abuse, then we don't want to stay in those kind of relationships either. Oh, and great information. Then we need to help, pe- then we need to help people heal from that, and we need to help them understand what they really need and want so that they can pick the next partner 
that is the right partner. Otherwise, you know, sometimes people keep picking the same kind of partners over and over. So, right. you know, we, we want to help people not to do that as well. Right. I have a question. Yes. Now, we talked about relationships suffering from breakdown in communication. And we talked mm-hmm. about the difference between men and women. How can women, and, and you addressed it a little bit, but how can women get their partner to pay more attention to them without being nagging, without appearing to beg, and without being too clingy? Yeah. <laughs> Not do any of those things you just mentioned. <laughs> no, that, yeah. is what, that is what happens, though. As women, we, you know, when we want attention from somebody, we have this tendency to go after it. And some of that, I think, comes from, you know, I do a little bit, I talk a little bit in the book about, you know, the history of men and women being different and some of the scientific evidence behind it, and I try to make it real simple. But women have always, throughout history, bonded together because that's how we felt safe. We raised children together. The men were out hunting and gathering, right? The women were together bonding. They felt safe. They felt secure. So as women, we we talk to each other. We spend time together. And, and that's how we bond, and that's how we feel loved in our friendships with other women. But what we don't understand is that when we are trying to get our guy to spend more time with us or to give us more attention, when we go after him, demanding it, telling him everything he's doing wrong, um, yelling at him, you know, what happens is that is the exact opposite. That is going to cause him to pull into his shell and to pull away from us. And then we get more angry, right, and we go after him even more. And he says, men hate drama, ladies. They absolutely hate drama. And so the more dramatic we get, the more they pull away and they less they give us what we want. If we would tell them, I mean, it's okay to share what you want, but instead of telling them what they've done wrong, let them know what you would like from them and do it in a nice way. And if they've done something right, you know, this is something else I talk about. How many times do we tell our partner everything they've done wrong compared to how many times do we tell them everything that we love and appreciate about them and everything that they've done right? So if we would spend more time telling them when they do something right, they would do more of that because men men want to please us. They just a lot of times haven't the faintest idea how. And all they know is what they're doing wrong. So appreciating them, telling them what they're doing right, but then when they are pulling away is really sort of giving them permission to do that for a while. If you would go about your life and get happy with your life, um, passion with anything, so being passionate about your life, being passionate about your career, your children, your hobbies, and happy is very, is very seductive. It's very enticing. So women almost do the opposite. They try to tell them how miserable they are and all the things he needs to do to fix that, as opposed to going out and sort of being happy with your life in general. And then that happiness, along with telling them what they're doing right and giving them some ideas about what to do nicely, will allow them to feel safe to come to you more. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Thank you. Makes great sense. 
Dr. Lori, I tell you, thank you so much for coming on today. You've given us so much information. How can our listeners get in contact with you or keep in contact with you? I have a website, and it's very simple. It's my name. It's com, and that's L-O-R-I-A-N-N-Davis.com. And on there you can find my book. You can find – I have a radio show. It's on every Monday night um, for an oh, hour, okay. and there's a there's a link to my radio show. It's called Real Talk with Lori Davis. So we yeah. have a different topic about relationships every week, and you can get past – you know, listen to past shows um, on the on the radio station as well. I write blogs every week, so there's all kinds of information on my website that people can get the information there. And if they have questions, they'd like to contact me. They can do that through my website. They can follow me on social media, um, where they can find out information daily that I post, and all of that's on my website. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on the show tonight and giving us such great information. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I am I am passionate about love and passion, so I love to talk about yes. it. So thank you very much. <laughs> thank thank you. you. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. All right, really great information. Yes. Yeah. Information. So we have a debut coming up. Nate, tell us what's going to come up. Well, Coming up next is my new segment called The Music Box, where I yeah. highlight different artists in our area, in the local area of Virginia. Um, so after this commercial, we'll be back with my first guest. Huh? You're uh-huh. listening to LFI Radio. I know you don't need one more thing to worry about, but listen. High blood pressure can cause kidney damage, blindness, heart attack, stroke. And you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right. One in seven adults has it, but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked, and you can treat it if it is too high. So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. My name is Tyler. I'm 15 years old. I was uh, 11 years old when I found out that I had cancer. I was afraid that I was going to lose my life. For Tyler, a bone transplant meant the chance to live a normal life. Um, If I hadn't had the transplant, I would probably have a prosthesis. <laughs> but the transplant let me be a normal kid again. You have the power to donate life. Be an organ, eye, and tissue donor. To find out how, go today to donatelife.net. Hey, y'all, Cedric the Entertainer here with Niecy Nash, taking a break from shooting the soul man to introduce you to Patience. Hi. Patience is a patient at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for anything because all a family should worry about is helping their child live. St. Jude won't give up until they end childhood cancer, sickle cell, and other deadly diseases. Because of you, there is St. Jude. Learn more at stjude.org.
Welcome back to Let's Face It Radio. I am Nate Whitfield. And today I start my new segment, The Music Box, highlighting artists here in the 757. Um, And today I have my first guest. She's an awesome young lady with an awesome talent. And her name is Green Diamond. Please welcome Green Diamond to the show. Hello. Thank Hello, you for having me. Diamond. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you guys? Great. Great. Thank you so much for being on the show today. My first Thank you guest, so much my for debut having guest. Me. You're welcome. So let let the audience know who Green Diamond is. Green Diamond is a young independent artist um, based out of the Richmond area. And basically, she just loves to appeal to her friend, to her fans, um, the young teen fans that really give them a voice. Wow! And it's so often when you come from uh, when you sing, everyone wants to know: Do you come from a musical family? Are you the only one in your family that sings, <laughs> or are there other members that sing? No, no, no! I am not the only one that sings. Um, Unfortunately, my mom and my dad, they don't have any musical background. They can't really carry a tune in their pocket. But um, (laughs) (laughs) I do have uh, family members that do sing, and they they do musical things as well. Okay. So what type music genre influenced your sound? Really, the, um, the genre that really influenced me would probably be like, a Beyonce, she's very versatile. Um, okay. And Alicia Keys, she's very positive. Um, she's a person that women can really look up to. And that's what I like to be. I like to be someone that someone can eventually, like, eventually look up to and be a voice. Exactly. Cool. So what is your future? What 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 are your future aspirations as an artist? My future aspirations is to be the biggest star I possibly can be. And how are you able to balance your music career as well as, because I know you're in school, um, how are you able to balance both of those? Oh, man. It's it's a challenge. It it really is a challenge. Um, Really, school comes first before any anything, honestly. And if my school's not done, then I, I can't really go on with anything else. So um, I try to balance the two. So when I'm not doing school, I'll, I'll do music. And when I'm not doing music, I'll go ahead and just study, do some school and homework and get it knocked out. Okay. Are you majoring in music? <laughs> no, I'm actually majoring in biology. Oh, okay, cool. Yes, yes. I plan to uh, be a pharmacist one day. Oh, okay. a singing pharmacist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sing to my patients, right? Yes. So if you had an opportunity to do a collaboration with anyone, who would that be? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say male. I would say R. Kelly. He's a wonderful, like, songwriter, and I would yeah. be honored to have him um, collaborate with me on a song and female wise I would love to collaborate with Beyonce because she's a very smart woman when it comes to her music um, she's a very talented woman and I w- that would be awesome 
So I I believe I read something that you recently recorded a song in Manhattan. What was that experience yeah, like? Awesome. Um, the video that I recorded, uh, Biggie, SWV, um, you name it, they were there, and it was so great to be there and and get the experience that they had to be there. And it's kind of like, oh well, I'm here. This is me now. So um, I actually did a song, um, Spartan Through the World, with um, Jim Spartan. He's a um, a rapper based out of New York. He has a group out of New York that he does music with, and I was blessed to um, collaborate on that song with him. Awesome, awesome. So we have one of your songs that we're going to play for our listeners entitled You. Tell our listeners something about this song. How did this you derive it, this song? Did you write the song? You know, what's the inspiration behind you? I actually co-wrote the song, so um, it is me. Um, Basically, one day I was banging on the table, and I was like, hmm, I think I like this. And so I just started coming up with some words. And, you know, when you get thinking, you get to thinking about things, how your life is going, that's basically how you write your music. It's basically life situation. So um, basically the song is about um, a, a young girl like, wasting her time, realizing she's wasting her time, and she's just really fed up with it. Okay. Well, we're going to play that song right now um, for our listeners. So everyone listen out. This is Diamond Greeny and you.
That was you by Greeny Diamond. So what are some new other products that you're working on right now? Um, I currently have a um, – I'm working on a new song, so it should be out pretty, pretty soon. Um, I'm just waiting for the go to put it out. So I'm really excited about the new one. I think everyone is going to be really shocked about it. Oh, okay. So are yeah, you then, you so you do write as well, correct? Correct. And oh, I okay. also um just recently released another one, uh Everything Fleek with yes, uh, the on it. Mhm. Okay, yep. and you wrote that, that song as well? Yes, I also co-wrote that. Oh, okay, cool. Awesome, awesome artist um here in the 757. Um, I want to I want to thank you for coming on. But before you leave, I want our listeners to be able to you know reach out to you on social media, be able to know where Definitely. to go find your music. So tell them where they can find um, Greeny Diamond at. Well, you can find um, me on Facebook. You can go like my page, uh, Facebook dot com backslash um, the Green Diamond. You can follow me on Twitter. Uh, at Green Diamond, but make sure the green has an E at the end. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Green Diamond underscore Inc. You can find my music everywhere. I'm on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, Xbox Live, and um, I'm currently working on putting out my new website. You can go on my old website, which is www.greendiamond.com. Um, you'll see some things that I've done in the past but my new website will have everything that is up to date, and I'm excited about it. Great. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. Um, We'll be here promoting you at any time, and you're always welcome back to the show, okay? Thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a great night. You too. You do the same. Great job, Nate. All right. Great job. Yeah. yeah. She can sing. She can sing. She, she really can. But, yeah. you know, I think we need to pause for the calls. Um, yeah. I think we need to play Everything Fleek. <laughs> I was listening to that as she was talking, and I'm just like, whoa. You know, she has, I love the U song. The U song, I was just sitting back and forth rocking. Um, mm-hmm. But I think we need to play Everything Fleek. That's hot. That's hot. So you want me to stop the show? No, you don't have to stop it. I can press play. I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) Go ahead, boo. Play it. Do you, boo? Go ahead. Okay, well, you know what? We're about to hear everything, please. Do you, boo? Because I'm enjoying that. You know I'm going to get both of you. I'm enjoying what Mr. Nate Field did. And I think we need to play that. So just listen in, and here we go. Walking to the spot with the pretty girl. Look, look. Everything on fleek got the place shook. Feeling like a crook, I'm feeling all the attention. Confidence is tremendous, we looking so expensive. And all my friends is repping for the squad. Hair done, nails done, chilling by the bar. Respected like a star. Wigging, what you looking at? Staring at this Mac Watch, but I ain't for no rookie cats. Catch me in a foreign, looking so foreign. Put me on a scale of 10 is what I'm scoring. Bottom. 
And just yeah, the, like I said, the range between the two songs. I love it. Yeah. Well, well, Alicia, Ooh. can you please well, thank tell you us guys for letting me up. have this opportunity. You did a good job. Well, Nate, you we we job, thank Nathan. you. Because yeah, all I can't wait to see what's coming up next month. Yeah. But all we need to interview him. Spotlighting the other side of yourself. Yeah, so, that's what I was saying. We need to really have someone interview him because he's just a walking box of talent. So. Um, I remember his songs, honey. Yeah. He's yeah, going to get John yeah. Legend to run for his money. Mm. Oh, Lord. Go ahead, Nate. Do it. No, you go oh. ahead, Alicia. Tell us about next week's show. Next week's show. Ne- oh, <laughs> I, you know, I'm excited about every week's show. But I love next week's show coming up. I really am. The topic is why I just can't work in the public school system anymore. Right. Well, I know we talked about it when it was the three of us. We were doing hot topics um, last season. But we talked about it, and we had an educator come on and talk about the Atlanta cheating scandal and all the pressures and things on teachers. So back in August, um, the Washington Post shared educator Stephanie Kell's post about why she made what she called one of the hardest decisions of her life to quit her job and start teaching at a private school. And in that post, she explained why she felt like she's been driven out of public education. And her story resonated with so many other teachers in the public school system who are finding that their jobs are increasingly difficult because of school reforms that have limited, you know, teacher autonomy, have overemphasized standardized testing, and then underfunded public education. So I'd love to hear from her as an educator because a lot of times there's a problem that exists, but you're afraid to say anything because, right. you, you know, you risk your losing position, your position, that's your job, yeah. Exactly. But, hey, she switched to, you know, private schools, and now she can talk about it. And yeah. then also, wonderful attorney Gerald Griggs from Atlanta. Um, we talked about the Atlanta teaching scandal. Well, of course, he is a established, well-known attorney in Atlanta. Um, in spring 2015, of course, we know that there was that teaching scandal where uh, public educators were given prison time for changing student test scores. Well, Attorney Griggs started an organization called Free Our Teachers Now. It's aimed at helping educators, not just Atlanta, uh, but everywhere. And their primary focus is to support teachers that serve underprivileged communities because those are the teachers that really have those obstacles. You know, malnourished children, a lack of educational resources, and then oftentimes the absence of parental support and guidance due to the low social uh, economic status of that community. Um, So as Attorney Griggs and the organization says that, you know, when you have those circumstances, there's a myriad of roles that will inhibit a teacher's ability to be effective. So I'm looking forward to hearing from both of them next week. And you know what, Will? We may have another co-host that may do a special segment for us. We'll see. Awesome, awesome, awesome. But we might be doing another co-host segment. I want to let both of you know, thank you for a wonderful one year. I'm looking forward to what this year has in store. Um, We're your hosts. I'm Will Strayhorn. Alicia Brown. And I'm Nate Whitfield. He did it. Wonderful. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Yes. Be blessed. (laughs) We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. We ask that you visit www.letsfaceitradio.com for up-to-date information on future shows, special guests, advertising opportunities, 
and exciting interactive ways that you can be a part of the show. Join us next week, same time, same place, for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it. We came looking for a real main winter, and we found it. We were headed to the lodge, the fire. Really, the only thing I wanted was some hot cocoa and one more foot of snow. I forgot that days like this last longer than we think. This trail, these woods, these mountains, these stories, they start with us, they stay with us. Plan your main winter getaway at visitmaine.com. What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Cases and cases of confidence. Staples can help give you the confidence that your business is ready for the year ahead with all the supplies you need. Like paper. And right now, when you buy a 10-ream case of Staples multipurpose paper, you get one free. So you can be confident you're ready for whatever business comes your way. Buy one case of Staples multipurpose paper, get one free. Now at Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. In-store only, limit 10. Valid through 1519. 